Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to uh, Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the study we're doing through the New Testament, and we have been working through the New Testament for uh, four years, more or less. My, my notes say this is study number 203. So, uh, so that's a pretty big chunk of time. And we've done great. We've covered through most of uh, the New Testament. We're down to the last 50 or so chapters. Uh, I think 52. So we've got a year left. We should be done by the end. God willing. Uh, I like to add that part. God willing, we'll be done by the end of next year. Um, with the New Testament, and then we're going to hop into the Old Testament. And we'll just keep going. And I think that takes 20 years. Um, I've never done it a chapter at a time, but I did the math on it at one point. It's about 20. So... Um, uh, I think it's important to study the Scripture in context. That's why we're doing this. There's something about holding it together um, and going through it and seeing how it all fits that, that it, it, it just helps you kind of understand more of what's going on and deal with some of the things that pop out. Because if you, if you take Scripture out of context, you can, you can have people that make it say things that it's not really saying. So we have to hold it in context. And by that I mean we have to understand that um, the, the time it was written, why it was written, who it was written to, and, um, and, and then understand from that that the Holy Spirit uh, inspired it, and it still applies to today, but it applies in context. And so it, we, we've spent this time, you know, we went through the Gospels, and we looked at how all that happened with the church and, and Jesus' ministry, uh, and then in Acts, how the church took off from there. And then out of that, we, we, um, we looked at Paul's ministry and, the, and his, his mission trips, and, and as that finished up in Acts, we picked up Paul's mission work um, in the letters that Paul wrote. And we just finished that a few weeks ago. And now we're in the book of Hebrews. Um, we're not sure who wrote Hebrews. There's, there's, you know, lots of discussion about who it was. Some think it was Paul. Most people don't any longer believe that Paul wrote the book just because the style is so much different. But they believe it was someone that, that was with Paul uh, because whoever wrote it reflects a lot of Paul's thought in the process so um, some people think maybe Apollos wrote it but we don't know the writer's not mentioned or maybe Luke wrote it could be in another one of his letters um, uh, and there's several other possibilities along the way it doesn't really matter it made it as an inspired part of the scripture and so so we know that that ultimately the Holy Spirit wrote it all or inspired it all and so we're comfortable in that process but Hebrews is different in that it was written to a group of uh, Jewish believers that were under tremendous persecution and because of the constant persecution that they'd been undergoing at the hands of, you know, the, the, the Romans and the, uh, the established you know, Jewish community, um, they, they were just getting really tired of it. And they were starting to question the whole thing. And so the writer of Hebrews is addressing and saying, look, um, what we've got in Jesus is so much better than anything we've ever had, and here's why. And, and so he lays out the, um, the, the sort of understanding of all that Jesus has done uh, in fulfillment of the Old Testament and, and who he is and, and why they need to just keep their eyes and their, their hearts and their minds on him. And, and that's what we see in the Old Testament. So uh, we see in Hebrews a lot of Old Testament scripture being um, um, sort of put back into the, this book so that it would relate to them because they understood what, what that meant and then they could see it and how Jesus was fulfilling these things. And so it's important to mind to keep in mind when you're reading the Old and the New Testaments, that um, the, the relationship 
between them is that they're sort of parts to the whole, if you would, or, or fragments to the whole. And, and think of it this way. It's like a um, um, jigsaw puzzle. Uh, one of those, have you ever put together like a big, like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, uh, and, and, and so let's say that, that you see this puzzle and it's sort of um, on the table and it's half completed on the table and then beside it are spread out all, all the other pieces. And, and I, th- I think sometimes to me that's, that's sort of like what the old, the old Testament is like. The, the outline and the, the basic themes and the colors are pretty clear. Um, but you can't still see the, the whole thing isn't complete yet. You can't see it all. And yet if you, if you come back in later on in the course of the puzzle's you know, progression, um, when, it, when it's complete, then it all fits. Everything now fits together and the, you're able to see it uh, in its entirety uh, and, and its completeness and, and, and everything sort of pops out at you. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I think you know, as it relates to the scripture, then it's even, it's even more beautiful and complex than you might have imagined um, when you see the whole thing together and and so uh, to me when we're when we're looking at um, when we're under we read the new testament we we see how it it completes the old testament we how it fulfills the old testament and yet we we need the old testament to to help tie us tie the whole thing together in the process and and so what the right the writer of hebrews doing is is taking the truth of the old testament and he's sort of um uh, allowing us to see it um, in in the light of the whole thing, in light of what Jesus has done, and it, and it, then it takes on a completeness that it didn't have before Jesus entered the scene, and so the the book of Hebrews is fascinating in the way it does that. It it brings us to this fulfillment. It's like putting the puzzle all together, and and so a lot of times the the writer of Hebrews would talk about um, the truth of the Old Testament in in shadows. Because we, you could see it, but you couldn't completely see it. You could, you could get it, but you couldn't get it all away. Because Jesus, we needed that, what he brings into the whole process to get the whole thing revealed. It, it was finally revealed and fully revealed in Christ. And that's what needed to take place, and that's what needed to happen. And so in Hebrews, you'll, you'll see him trying to make this connection all the time. And, and so when we... And then we'll talk, he'll talk about um, the, 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 the believer's new way of life. And, and it doesn't suggest that it contradicts the Old Testament way of life under the law. What, what we're saying is that the, the shadowy truth that they sort of had uh, about spiritual truth that was kind of contained in the law is now brought into a fresh focus. And the focus in our life um, with, with Christ is not about a list of do's or don'ts. See, that's kind of what they had, and they got stuck there. It's, it's, it's not even about the, the Bible's revelation of, of, of right and wrong behavior. The primary issue and the focus of our, of our hearts as believers is, is, is my heart open to God? Am I, am I eager to learn what God wants me to do, and am I willing to do it? So that's the completed revelation in Christ, right? Jesus has come to show me what life looks like. Um, he's, he's made it clear. He's, made it, uh, he's demonstrated it. He's done all those things. He's tied it all together. And now it's up to me. Is my heart open to what God is doing and has done in Christ? And, and am I willing to say yes to it and then do it? And that's what he's saying to the, the people at this point in time, the believers. And it's what the Holy Spirit says to us today. It's, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not about those things. It's about is your heart open before God? And are you willing to learn from him and then do what he says? 
as you're led by the Spirit. That's what is that's what's happening in Hebrews. So um, let's dig into Hebrews three. That was just the introduction. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that that went longer than I thought it would. Hebrews three, nineteen verses, short book, short chapter. Verse one. I'm reading out of the NIV. That's what's in the notes. If you've got a different translation, that's cool. Read that. Verse one. Therefore, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation and I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those to, to those who disobeyed? So we see that we were not able to enter, that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Quite a chapter um, talking about the, the people who God set free um, in, uh, out of slavery in Egypt. And, and miraculously, they saw these miracles take place. The, the plagues, they saw those. They witnessed them firsthand. They, they saw the Red Sea open up. They passed through it. They saw Pharaoh's army crushed by the water coming back and, and wiping them out. And, uh, and yet, it, it didn't go as... as uh, they, got, they got stuck, ultimately, because there were giants in the land that was promised to them. That's what stopped them. Well, we can't go. There's giants, and and it was like, did you see what God did with the the Red Sea over there and Pharaoh's army that was chasing you, and you were and, and he just did that. And now we're not going to go, and so they didn't get to go. Um, they spent forty years wandering around in in what was literally like a ten day. Do you know it was like a ten day journey to where they needed to go? Forty years, and none of them got to go in except for Joshua and Caleb. They, that whole generation died out. Their kids went in, but everybody that said no didn't go. They never got to go in. It's fascinating, really. But the, the, the writer's saying, and so we have to be careful of that, is, is, is at the point that we don't trust in God, um, we get rebellious. And that's why we're always having to learn to trust Him and what it looks like. And that's where life is always found. Life is always found when you trust Him. You never find it when you say, no, I'm not doing it like that. I'm doing it like this. 
You don't find life there. You never enter his rest that way. So um, that's kind of what happened. And, and uh, Moses, um, in those first few verses of Hebrews 3, the first six, um, he's commended by God as faithful. Um, and, and the first five books of the Bible were given through Moses, and, and God worked through Moses to set the people free from, from bondage, from the Egyptian slavery for 430 years. And yet the writer says Jesus surpasses Moses. Jesus is the builder of the house that Moses served in. And so we're to fix our eyes and thoughts on Jesus, not on Moses. That's what he's telling the Hebrew Christians. Look, don't get... Moses was good. God commanded him as faithful. But you need to fix yourselves not on Moses, but on Jesus. And, and uh, that's what's really important. Do you ever have weird stuff float around in your brain when you're doing something different? You know I do, because that's what you've heard me say it. I care. Every time I see Moses, you know what I think about? Moses supposes his toesies are roses. But Moses supposes erroneously. For nobody's toesies or posies of roses as Moses supposes his toesies to be. Thank you very much. <laughs> you won't hear that at every church that you go to. <laughs> but it was there and I needed to get it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. So the writer of Hebrews then, um, he encourages us in those verses, and this is what's cool, to ponder and to think about. Get your thoughts on Jesus. You know, there's some, we're going to look later, later on to focus on Jesus. We talked about a church the other day, but, but uh, we're to, we're to focus, you know, our, get our, our, our eyes on Jesus. But here in chapter 3, we're to get our thoughts on Jesus. He's telling them, look, don't, don't get going back to where you came from. You need to get your thoughts on Jesus. And, and I want to encourage you to, in your life, that, that what you take from that is that we need to be thinking about Jesus uh, and, and what he's done and what he's promised to do and what he's going to do. And it needs to be the focus of our lives. It, it's, it's always getting our thoughts back on Jesus. And, and, and if you're not taking time... Uh, running this race, doing this life, thinking like that, you, you need to start. I mean, the, it's a great question. You know, what would, in a, in a situation, it's a very great question. What would Jesus do? What, what should I do? What, what do you, I don't, what, what does it look like? You know, and, or just stop and ask, you know, what would you do here? I don't, I don't what, a, what do I do? Um, but we, we don't do that as, probably as much as we should. And the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us, let's get, let's get our thoughts on Jesus because he's the builder of the house and, and we're the house he's building. Um, for now, um, you know that's that's what's happening, and so we're to get our thoughts on him, and 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 so he's the builder of his house, of this house. We're his servants, and we need to keep from getting distracted in in everything that's going on around us, uh, and and uh, you know just get our thoughts on him. Then in verses seven through eleven, tough bunch of verses there about not hardening our hearts, and you know I told you the the people uh, of, after seeing all that they'd seen. They, they just, they hardened their hearts. They got rebellious. The giants in the land, they couldn't, were not going to go even, because remember they sent, if you don't know the story, they were getting, they were just moving along quite well. The, the land's not far away. Um, and and they, they come to Moses, say, why don't you go, why don't you send some people in there to check it out before we just kind of march on in? Moses said, okay, good enough. We'll get a little, little report from a little praise report from a group. And they sent somebody from every tribe they send 12 guys into the land the guys come back and go it's everything God said it would be 
there's grapes like this big there. I mean, you know, and, and uh, they, it's, it's just their, their, their description was it's, ama- it's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's just everything that, he pro- it's everything that he promised, but there's also these giants over there, and they scare us, and we don't think we got anything to match against the giants. That's wh- so there was 12 guys. That was the report of 10 of them. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, come on, let's go. We got God on our side. We can do whatever he tells us to do. If he said it's our land, it's ours. Let's go. Get Round them up. Let's go in. And they went, no, no, we're not doing it. And there you go. That's where the stop happened. They just refused. They flat refused. That's rebellion. Um, and they refused because they didn't trust. That's, and that's really the issue. A lot of times when, when we, I think when we sort of choose our way instead of God's way, um, that is almost always a trust issue. We're gonna, we can't wait for God any longer. We just don't think he's going to do it. So we try and do it in our own strength. And that's sin. And that's what gets us in trouble. And, and, uh, and when that happens, we can't enter into God's rest. And see, that's what happened. They never got to enter God's rest. Now, in that verse, in that context, the rest that's being talked about is the promised land of Canaan. That's not what the, they didn't get to enter into Canaan. But, but God's rest has other meanings in Scripture. Um, when, you, when you're looking at it and when he's talking about rest, um, it's some, it's sometimes it's talking about the Sabbath rest, the, the seventh day uh, of creation, you know, what, when that's celebrated. Um, and, you know, you've heard me say to me, it's, it's Sabbath was made for man, um, not man for the Sabbath, that it's important that we have a day out of the seven where we actually rest and recharge and recreate and, and, and remember how great God is. I, I, don't, I don't think... Uh, but you know, but you can. But I, th- th- the day is less important than the than that um, th- desire to make a day like that with God. Um, so there's that rest. Um, sometimes when it talks about rest, it's talking about the peace that um, we can have with God now because of what Jesus has done. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That in Christ we we enter in rest because we we can be reconciled to God. And uh, sometimes it, that rest is talking about our future. Uh, eternal life with Christ. You know, we talk, it started now and goes on forever. Um, next time we get together in Hebrews 4, verses 8 to 11, it says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also enters from his own work, just as God also rests from his own work as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. Um, at that point, they're, they're talking about um, our forever rest in Christ, our eternal life with him. And so if we, if we choose to reject what Jesus has done and the life that he has for us, then we miss the opportunity of spiritual rest. And he goes on in verses 12 through 15, and um, he, the writer makes a point that in Christ, uh, and only in Christ, can we ever really experience the life we were created for. And that we have to trust him, and we have to know that his way is better than our way, and, and if we don't trust him, we won't obey him. That's, and we won't do what he says. And that's what rebellion looks like. And that's when we end up in trouble. And then he ends up, those last few verses of Hebrews 3, um, because the Israelites chose to go their own way instead of God's by not believing he would protect and deliver them from the giants, they ended up, like I said, wandering in the wilderness instead of entering into the rest. That, that's, that, that's the picture of what that looks like. I mean, if you don't get it, that's the picture. They could have, if they'd have just said yes to God, in a very short period of time, they would have been in the promised land. There you go. But instead, they chose not to, and they ended up wandering for their entire lives. And the choice, I mean, that's a picture of the choice. Do you want to wander? 
or do you want rest? And, and, and the wandering's not good, trust me. It wasn't, wasn't a good thing. Rest in, in the biblical context of what we're looking for because um, that's where life is. And so, um, so that's kind of Hebrews 3. You, you know, you're going to do it your way. You're going to do it God's way, which is what we've been talking about for the last 24 weeks in our Do You Want to Get Well series. Same exact context, the same exact question. You know, how do you want to live? Do you want real life, full life, abundant life, now and forever life? That's found in Christ. Outside of that, you, you can't experience it. And so let's get our thoughts and our minds and our eyes and everything focused on Jesus because that's where life is. And uh, that's Hebrews 3. Amen? If you're watching on television or video, thank you very much. Appreciate you doing that. We know how valuable your time is. Come and visit us if you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website. Shoot us a prayer request. We will pray for you. And we'll see you next time we get together.